When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. It's Purple Daily. Caller has questions. Blue 58! Blue 58! Go! And he wants your answers. Three! Red, red, red! Red Polly! Blue Poncho! In rapid fire fashion. Gun flex right stack. 394 Dragon Smoke. It's Hot Routes on Purple Daily. 5-8-8! All right, it's Hot Routes time. Collar is on a staycation, which to me I don't understand. Oh, I love a staycation. But why would you want to miss Hot Routes? Like, once you get Hot Routes I mean, going, I, I think I'm here every so day. So you should never take vacation? I would never take vacation again. Hot Routes is a daily fixture. That's my point. Daily. That's I, my think p- he's, I think he's calling out his own Hot Routes while yeah, he's, he's at, at home, home right now. He's at home doing Hot Routes by himself, if yeah. I know Collar. He's just I know making who up he calls is. right now. He's far in training camp. He's not going to take part in training camp hot routes. <laughs> <laughs> but when the season starts, Matthew Collar will be here every He's day in, hogging the football. <laughs> Did I think about coming back? Absolutely. So it's uh, Hour 2 of Purple Daily TCL Broadcast Studio. Zolgad, Rami Makhlov joins us uh, for this hour. Manny Hill remains here. Jonathan Harrison producing and also the man coming up with questions in the absence of Matthew Collar. Let's fire up the music, get All our right. first hot route of the day, and it's uh, our favorite call from yesterday. Balls, 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 yeah. balls, green 18, green 18, 10, <laughs> Judge did, shaking his head. Where'd you shame. find that? Do you know that who that was? was? I'm the one who found it. Do you know who that was, Judge Zolgad? Was that Favre? It was. Yes. Brett Favre, yeah. I was hoping you wouldn't know and we'd have to play it again. You know oh, what? We, just play it again. Play it again, yeah. yeah. Balls, balls, me. balls, balls, yeah. balls, green 18, green 18, okay. <laughs> odds, odds that the use of balls, balls, balls was necessary or even in the playbook. It was strictly comedic. <laughs> that was strictly for comedic value. Absolutely. That's not necessary. It's not an actual call, and the other players are like, just at looking all. at him. That's a what decoy call where he's trying to get his guys to crack. And that clip, by the way, was from, that was like peak prime Brett Favre with the Packers, like during his stretch, winning three straight MVPs, too. He wow. played for the Packers? I don't remember that. No yeah. way. That yeah. happened? All right. <laughs> Question one, Jonathan. Question one. Sports Illustrated had the writers do basically a mock draft if they were starting a team, but they couldn't pick a QB for their first player. So, boys... Who would you pick for your first pick if you were starting a new team and you could pick any player in the league except a QB? Rami, you want to go first? I feel like other than the guys throwing the footballs, the most important position in football in 2019 are the guys catching the footballs. 
And the best guy doing that is Julio Jones. I think I take Julio Jones as my number one pick. Did you say footballs? I catch balls. The balls, 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 balls. Jonathan, this is all your fault. Balls, balls, balls! My fault. I didn't record it. You might as well. Manny recorded it in. Yeah, I'm totally the guilty party here. But you're not pushing the button on it. (laughs) Uh, Who's next? Is me? Sure, sure. Um, Well, I'm going to go a little bit of a different route. If I can't take a quarterback, I'm going to go on the defensive side, and I'm going to go with this guy because he is so disruptive. I think you're taking my guy. I th- I'm going to go taking with the guy I thought about taking, if not for Julio Jones. I'm going to go with Aaron Donald. Yep. Oh, no. Defensive oh, wow. tackle. Not who Los I was Angeles thinking. Not taking my guy. That's a great 20, a great 20 and a half sacks yep. last year as basically an undersized defensive tackle is unbelievable. And he is so disruptive. He is showing no signs of slowing down right now at 27, 28 years old. Defensive player of the year. MVP candidate, I believe, oh, yeah. on that side of the ball. I'm starting a team with Aaron Donald if I can't with a quarterback. Forced nine fumbles in the past two years. In that time, is 31 and a half sacks. He's 28. He has now played in 78 of a, of 80 potential regular season games, too. Mm-hmm. So, he play, so he's durable. Yes, he was my pick as well. Yep. My pick would be Khalil Mack. Bears do it all. That's who I was considering. Stud. Okay. If not for Julio 28 Jones. years old. This dude is a beast. You don't get traded for as many picks as he got traded for without being that good. And having the guy disrupt the opposing team's quarterback to help shut them down, yeah. that's the guy I'd want. So, next. Do the call yourself, like Collar does. No, no, no. No, <laughs> no just, just go, I don't go. have a voice for just you. Do not have a quarterback voice? No, I don't. Green 80! Balls, balls, balls! <laughs> that last one, that guy didn't have a quarterback voice. I don't know who that was. No, that was music John Elway. Was that John Elway? That was John Elway. Yeah. There's music to that one. That you go, one's weird. It's kind of screechy. Mm-hmm. John George Ringo! Hard day's <laughs> night! <laughs> the Bills O-line coach was talking about the 16 offensive linemen the team has on their 90-man roster oh. and said about finding out which are the best five. Now how they fit together is what we're trying to figure out and what is the best combination. Sometimes the five most talented guys might not be your best line. It's the best five that work together that work as one. As guys who are about to cover a team that has a recent history of terrible offensive line play and not knowing who's going to be starting along that offensive line, what is your advice for Bills fans for the season they're about to embark on? I'll go first, and I have advice not for the fan base because God help them. Not for any. I have advice for one person here, and that is quarterback Josh Allen. Make sure your life insurance policy is up to date before you take the field. I mean, I, I sort of get. Do your cardio work. Make sure you're ready to run. I sort of get what they're trying to say here, but if this is true of the left side of your line or, or the blind side of your quarterback, like your left tackle, ah, we can put somebody at left tackle, and you're the Buffalo Bills. Oh boy, I fear for the quarterback. Yeah, if I'm talking to Bills fans, I'm just saying pray for your quarterback, especially your quarterback. I mean, if it's if this is Aaron Rodgers or you know Tom Brady or Drew Brees that we're talking about, you you think they have enough to overcome a bad offensive line? But this kid Josh Allen, who we're still even trying to figure out if he's good or not, pray for that kid. It's the worst. It's yeah. it's abysmal yeah. being a fan of a football team with a bad offensive line because it stops everything before it even starts, and it can end it can end promising quarterback careers. 
Jonathan talks about the Vikings and and witnessing that last year. Mm-hmm. The first two years of Jay Cutler's year of Jay Cutler with the Bears. Oh yeah. He was playing from his back like 40% mm-hmm. of the time. People are like, why is this guy throwing intercept? Because he doesn't, he can't see where he's throwing the ball because he has a helmet and his face mask every time he's trying to throw it and somebody's hitting his arm and he has like a second and a half to get rid of the ball. It's the worst. And that was Mike March too, right? With those yeah. seven step drops. Yeah. That was, yeah. That I, was I still contend to this day, Jay Cutler and David Carr are Hall of Famers if they have offensive lines. That's how much an offensive line can ruin. Can I ever tell you guys the great story about that era of Bears football? Our guy Seifert had gone to ESPN by that time, and I believe he was on the ESPN Sunday morning radio show doing a phoner. And to find a quiet place, he went upstairs in the old Metrodome press box by where the broadcast booths were and the coaches' booths. And so, Seifert's talking about how the Mart's offense isn't really working and how there's all these problems. And, and what yeah. Rami basically said, right? Yep, you know, yep, the, yep. Jay Cutler's on his back all the time. And out of the booth that Seifert's standing right by walks Mike Martz. <laughs> <laughs> Who, by the way, doesn't like, he's not a quiet, shrinking, violet type of guy. No. Oh, boy. See if it's like it was just, I just what do you say at that? Because you're on the you're on the phone talking on the air. Hey, yeah, Mike Martz, this isn't working. And you're face to face with Mike Martz. Oh, glorious. That's awesome. Wow. That is terrific. And Seifert was right, but of course Mike Martz probably didn't like Remember it. when Jay Cutler shoved Jamarcus Webb, his offensive mm-hmm. tackle, yeah. couldn't block anybody, and people were killing Jay Cutler for that? I was like, who who wouldn't? I wanted to shove Jamarcus Webb, and I could have Jamarcus because Webb anybody a, could have at that point. Jamarcus Webb was had terrible. a cup of coffee here, didn't he, with the Vikings? Yes, he, he did. Yeah. yeah, yes, he did. And and I believe for at least a year of that time, uh, Ticey took over as OC, right? Uh, didn't Mike Tice serve as the offensive so, coordinator because yes. yeah. he went with the glasses look? Yeah, <laughs> his oh, year yeah. in Chicago, he's, he's like, like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna look a lot smarter than don't I make me smart. <laughs> but put a these tough, on, tough, tough guy town, tough man. guy town. My one my one piece of advice is something they don't they already do enough of is drink more because you have bad quarterback and you have bad offensive line play. It's going to be a really rough season you know, for could, your offense. Could they get one of those guys who are throwing people through tables in the parking lot to play offensive line? They seem strong. They seem <laughs> like they can manhandle people. Well, Try it out. They're fearless. <laughs> for let, sure. Let, let yeah. them have a drink or two exactly two before they go in. <laughs> 28 Baker Bruce! 28 Baker Bruce! Ah, Bills Mafia. <laughs> you never let us down. Sticking with the Bills and the Bills Mafia, the Bill, the Buffalo Bills are hosting one lucky, I don't know if that's the right word, couple to get married at the 50-yard line at halftime of their September 29th game against the Patriots. So, boys, how would you convince your significant other that this is how you should spend your one special day? I can't. Um, I can't do this. Yeah, I refuse. I would never. I'm the guy who looks at kiss cam and proposal cam at the ballpark and just absolutely bristles. There is. I can't in good conscience. I would be so hypocritical as to answer this question. I love sports, but I'm not going to uh, bring the gal into these type of shenanigans. I can't do it. I don't Sorry. think I'd have a hard time convincing my girlfriend to do that. Only problem would be. I'm a Bears fan. She's a Packers fan. Where the hell are we doing this thing? I ain't doing it at Lambeau. And she ain't doing it at Soldier US Bank Field. Stadium. There you go. One place we might be able to agree on is uh, Wrigley Field. I think she might be All down right. for a Wrigley Field wedding if there Hold ever a was second. a wedding. Hold on a second. Yes. How about 
the Thursday night opener uh-huh. this year. I believe it's in Soldier Field. <laughs> yeah, but it's Packers Bears. 100-year anniversary of the National Football League halftime of that game. I mean, that's September, Judd. That's a lot of planning that we have to put together and the other excuses. This is a hypothetical. year for winning, though. Trying to think of at this particular moment. <laughs> yep. yep. I'm sure she's listening. Probably likes my idea. Yeah. my. Uh... All I do is get people together. My girlfriend is Judd the, the match. You handed this stuff. What are you doing to me? I do, I'm but doing. you guys are... But I, I'm, listen... For what, myself, you two crazy I kids. Hate it. I hate it. For you, I'm a planner. <laughs> I'm a sports wedding planner. Take that. Sorry I thought about he was that, ab- about to just drop. I just want to see you two happy card on me. I thought, I thought that's <laughs> well, where we were going. Um, I'm with Judd. I, I, my girlfriend is the sweetest person on the planet, but there's just no chance in hell she would even like listen to any. If I even wanted to do something like this, there was just no way. But halftime at a Bills game of all places? <laughs> a Bills game? I'm just trying like to get a, people in the house around Of me. all Come the on. sporting events, a Bills game. It's like like college the Patriots in town, too. You're headed for a divorce. You're probably headed for, like, that divorce and three more afterwards, if Bills history is any indication. How many of <laughs> a proposals, marriages uh, at uh, at stadiums do you think stick? Oh, I would say... Like, where they never even get to the altar? Or they get divorced. Or they get divorced? It just ends in... in. Um, I would say, well, there's about a 50% success rate on marriage overall, right? In the United States? Mm-hmm. It's about yeah. a 50-50 proposition. <laughs> I would say it's lower for, for sports proposals. I would say we're probably 35-40%. Okay, that's pretty bad. Because there's something wrong with you. <laughs> yeah. I agree. There's something wrong with you. So you have an even, an even lesser chance of succeeding. Halftime of a Bills game, you're right, it's really bad. Like, yeah. you're just setting yourself up yeah. for failure. Well, and you're going to be completely drunk. You're at a Bills game, so yes, you better be drunk. Right, so you'll be completely drunk. You're not going to remember a darn thing about the whole thing. Jonathan? What if instead of kissing... To 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 seal the deal, one of like the bride puts the groom through a table. That'd be great. <laughs> I want this to happen. A table on fire. We'll do that already a anyway. Flaming table, please. Yeah. I think it'd be fantastic. Right in the middle of the field, I'd love that. I've got no <laughs> of way of answering this. Like, there's there's no way I could convince my wife to do this. It's just not possible. If my gal really likes sports, I still wouldn't try and do this one. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I'd, but yeah. I would have Rami do it. Wrigley Field, I, I would get married at Wrigley. Field I wouldn't want to. There's ever a wedding. I wouldn't want to do it in yeah. front of seventy-one thousand strangers. That's just weird to me. Right on home plate, Theo Epstein officiating. Does he have a license to do that? I could get a license. It takes before you five the end minutes. On, yeah, it takes you five minutes on the internet. We all could do it right now. Is that really all it takes? Yeah. yeah. You literally just need five minutes in the internet. And Theo's pretty much God in Wrigley Field now, anyway. Right. right. I mean, exactly. So he's, he's got the ability to all do right. it, probably. Wait, twenty? Why forget? ESPN ranked each team's offseason elite, or each team's offseasons elite, above average, average, or too soon to tell. They rated the Vikings in the too soon to tell category. You don't have to use either of those four categories, but what would your phrase be to describe the Vikings offseason? Rami, you want to go first? Pretty good. Pretty good. Not great. Pretty good. Pretty good. I think, but I think their best addition. That's, <laughs> that's my Larry David. Uninspired. That's my Larry David. Larry not David. impressed impression. Uh, um, yeah. I, I do. I the 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 best addition they made all offseason was Gary Kubiak. Yeah. And I don't know if they're including. Are they including like front office and yeah, coaching it's moves? Just in the that? entire offseason. 
Yeah, I mean, that, I think that was a really, really smart move to bring in Gary Kubiak and the, the influence that he could have. I thought it would just be on the offense. We were talking about this yesterday on Purple Daily. The article at The Athletic talking about how Gary, Gary Kubiak's uh, role has become clearer through these OTAs. And it sounds like he's a really good sounding board for Mike Zimmer, too, for yeah. some head coaching situations that that come up for him in a given situation. And, Judd, I said yesterday on the show, Gary Kubiak may do the impossible and make Mike Zimmer interested in offense. Oh, no, he's not going to. <laughs> oh, no, Mike's going to be just checked out entirely, which is what Mike wants. Now that he doesn't have to worry about it, he's not even going to think a second about it. Mike, Mike is going to not think about offense or his kicker. Those two things now are outside of his purview. <laughs> Manny? Uh, I'm going to go with the phrase, uh, if this, then that. So basically everything they've done in the offseason now. From pretty good to a lawyer, <laughs> if yeah. this, then that. If Dalvin Cook stays healthy, if Riley Weef stays healthy, if Irv Smith Jr. develops, if the defense is top five again, if Kirk Cousins gets better on third downs, if Anthony Barr takes his game to another level to justify bringing him back at that contract, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. If all of those things happen, I think this football team can be pretty good. Pretty good. <laughs> That's yeah, where I like I'm at. How, I like how we went from pretty good to a litany of ifs that <laughs> qualifiers. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I think they need all that stuff to happen, though. I'll keep it as simple as possible, uh, but not as simple as pretty good. This better work. Because if this doesn't work, a lot of very powerful people right now who work at TCL Performance Center in Egan are going to be unemployed. So I would qualify it as this had better work uh, because there's a lot of faith being put in in that defense first still works, that Kubiak, and perhaps he can, can turn Cousins into a better quarterback. So uh, if it doesn't work, it's, uh, I think, going to be a very interesting offseason coming up next year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mine's kind of along that same line. Good luck, because, like you said, if it doesn't work, there's going to be a whole lot of change around Winter Park or TCO Performance Center. Should be Winter Park. Yeah, it should be. Don't worry about should it. It should still be that. Just call it that, then. Okay, it's Winter Park, then. But it's a different place. Yeah, and, and it's sponsored and, now. And, yeah, because it's sponsored, it, it, if we joke around, I guarantee, by about the fourth time, Somebody from the Vikings will call us and be like, you really should be calling it the right thing. But they didn't, I mean, they didn't pay us to I call kn- it that. I know, but then, you know, I, I just, I guarantee it'll happen. TCO Performance Center at Winter Park. Call it that. There you go. I there like how go. Collar calls it, what, the TCO Performance Center, Center Performance. performance. <laughs> <laughs> final uh, question in high hey, Tupac! Are we on nice the final question? Tupac! Yeah. Yes, we are. It's 320. I We're doing good. Tupac. Todd Gurley's personal trainer recently said that the running back has arthritic issues stemming from an ACL tear in college. Boys, is this the end of the line for Gurley? Uh, I'll go first on this one. You hate to say it because he has been a dynamic player and fun to watch, but the answer, I think, is yes. Which is really sad. He's 24. But arthritis and football, last time I checked, don't really dovetail together well. Uh, I also looked up the stats in his career, four years uh, with the Rams, starting in St. Louis, and then when they moved to Los Angeles, Todd Gurley has three 1,000-yard rushing seasons, but he's averaging 261 carries per year, and more importantly, 307 touches when you combine his receptions as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you were saying that he's got like a bad toe or something, that he could take some extended time off, Mm -hmm. I'd be like, no, he'll, he'll be fine. 
But when you say arthritis, I don't think to myself, yeah, there's a guy who's going to be playing at 28. That uh, ACL injury in college, I think, was against Auburn in 2014, his last year at Georgia, and it's kind of lingered ever since. I think I'm with Judd. I I think this is the I certainly think this is the end of him being a three down bell cow type of running back. He's kind of the last one that we saw of like that guy that's just the feature back. Saquon Barkley is kind of that too with the Giants, but I think it's the end of the road certainly of him being a three down three down back. Just by the way, we saw him being used or not used in the playoffs during the Rams run to the Super Bowl. If if he's going to be a contributor for this team, it's going to be, I think, in a really, really limited role. Guys, it's not often I can speak with any experience on uh, what professional athletes are going through because I know not of great athletic achievements or feats, but I do have arthritis in both knees. That I do have and that I can speak on with some uh, some knowledge and experience due to injuries and surgeries that I've had previous in my life. Not from being a great football player, just from being really, really fat. But... Hold on. Robbie McLaughlin's pro football reference. Oh my gosh, you had 72 carries in for the Bears. But regardless of the reason, I have arthritic knees, and I've been told by an orthopedic doctor, like, don't run unless you have to. Eliminate running from your exercise routine. Don't do deep squats. You can't do any more deep squats. Lunges are out because your knees are deteriorating without, mm. without helping the process at all and those things are only going to speed up that process and make your eventual knee replacement just that much sooner. Mm. So that's what's happening with Todd Gurley right now. His knees are deteriorating underneath him. That doesn't mean that he won't be a really good running back in 2019 or in 2020, but it does mean that the window for how long Todd Gurley is going to be at the top of his game and an effective NFL running back is shorter because his knees are literally deteriorating underneath him as we speak and that's without being an nfl running back add in the wear and tear of being an nfl running back and that speeds up that process a whole hell of a lot i think with how much they've used him over his short career already this arthritis in his knees it's not a good sign for his long-term longevity and i just think depending on how they use him going forward this pretty much is the beginning of the end for him and i don't think that he'll last very much longer in the nfl so how soon, how soon, if he continues to play, let's say he plays two or three more effective years, would he need to have his knees replaced then after his playing career, given what you just said, Rami? I don't know. My doctor told me, and this was, when did I have my last knee surgery? Three years ago? He was like, you probably have 20 good years left in your knees. Doesn't this kind of feel like by the time, he's, you said he's what, 24 now? Yeah, he's, yeah, 24. He's a kid. Doesn't it feel like just by the time he's 27, 28, he's just going to be done? Yes. It just kind of seems like that. It all, I, hate to, I hate to say that because he's... When he's been in there, he's been incredible. He's been amazing. It also begs the question, why does anybody play this sport? As much as I love to watch it, I couldn't do it. It takes a little bit of crazy. It takes it takes a little bit of crazy for you to play this sport. But I would think that, you know, you play baseball, okay, you, you run around and it's wear and tear, but it's normal. Hockey's a tough sport, but you're on skates and I don't see it being the same. And basketball for sure, right? Mm-hmm. This is the one sport where where you hear the horror stories. This is a 24-year-old kid. Yeah. A 24-year-old kid. And we're basically like, his knees are going to have to be replaced probably by the age of 34. Damn. That's frightening. That's All right. Ridiculous. That was Hot Routes. Beatles, 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 Rolling Stones, Hike. Balls, balls, balls. Thank you. Balls, green 18. Green 18, 10, hike. 
<laughs> Show is Purple Daily on the all-new Score North. Thank you, Jonathan. Purple Daily on the all-new Score North on 1500, scorenorth.com, and the Score North mobile app, live from the TCL broadcast studios. If you don't have that mobile app, what's wrong with you? Go get it. It's free. It's available for Apple and Android. You're harassing the listeners. Go get it. No excuses. Three hours today with us. I know. Three hours. That's not in my contract. Like I was saying, it's free. You can uh, it's not in your contract. Download either. and subscribe to all your favorite podcasts. Specifically says in your contract, sweet, don't sweet have to work with Zolgat for three five hours. star ratings. I know I made an exception. Oh, is that what you did? Because collar is out this week. Okay, I do have that rider in my contract. Like never three consecutive hours right. with Zolgat. Yeah, ever can be noon and then specifically four. with Zolgat. With Zolgat, yes. <laughs> yeah. well, you didn't even know him when oh. you got hired here. You're just like, nah, that guy, not three hours. <laughs> not going to happen. I'll do three hours. I've done like marathon radio radio shifts. Marathon radio one? shifts. Uh, like, uh, let's see. Like a 10 hour? I did like a Whoa. 10. Yeah. For charity or something? No, I did our afternoon show. Two to six, and I wasn't supposed to host our NBA uh, draft special that night, which went from six until whenever. This was the year Jabari Parker got drafted, so it was a big night in Milwaukee at the time. So I did the uh, I did the draft show till midnight. So I went straight from two until midnight. Wow! Yeah, that's wow. a team player Jeez. right there. It was uh, it Ronnie, was something taking one for the club. I literally felt like there was smoke coming out of my ears by <laughs> the time I left there. That, that's a lot of time to be thinking about what you're saying. I think I had one hour off at some point somewhere along the way. I think somebody came in and like tapped on my shoulder. Was like, "Go get something to eat. <laughs> just, just take an hour." You should have said something to eat. I'm going home. Bye. See you later. <laughs> But uh, it was fun. It was a good time. Oh, and we have a draft show this Thursday right here on Score North on 1500, scorenorth.com, and the Score North mobile app. Yours truly, along with uh, Danny Cunningham, our Wolves reporter, and Manny Hill, who is just in here, the team from uh, Raised by Wolves. We'll have the draft covered for you. And there is some reckless speculation when it comes to the Minnesota Timberwolves. We'll get to that, I think, I think today I, on Mackie and Judd I know, I think I saw with Rami coming up at 4 o'clock. There's a lot of reckless speculation around Yeah, some of it I can't figure out if it's got any legs or not. Oh, some of it has no legs whatsoever, but that's why it's fun. That's what makes it reckless. Speaking of reckless speculation, uh, ESPN.com had uh, one veteran from each NFL team, Judd, who could be cut before a training camp is over. And yes, this was Courtney Cronin who wrote wrote up this paragraph for the Vikings from ESPN.com and also part of this fine show every Tuesday along with Matthew Collar. And her veteran that could get cut is Laquan Treadwell. And she says the former first-round pick's time in Minnesota will come to an end sooner or later. The Vikings declined to pick up his fifth-year option, which means he is headed toward free agency after the season if he doesn't part ways with the team that drafted him before that. The Vikings will give Treadwell every opportunity to contend for the number 3 receiver position in training camp, but unlike last spring, he didn't do much to separate him Himself from the competition during OTAs and minicamp, Treadwell is in danger of not making the 53-man roster if the likes of Chad Beebe, Jordan Taylor, and a handful of rookie receivers beat him out for the role he hasn't been able to grasp since he arrived in Minnesota. This is only a matter of time. This is it. This is done. It, it's a first-round pick, and they missed, and they swung and missed, and the night that he was drafted, we all said, this is great, you took a receiver and you needed it, and it's going to work out, and then it didn't. Now, now fortunately for Spielman and company, Thielen, who uh, came off the street from Mankato, did work out to perfection. Uh, Diggs, who was taken in the fifth round out of Maryland, did work out to perfection. So the magnitude of Treadwell not making it doesn't hurt as bad as it potentially could have. But this now is a ticking clock, right? This is not, he's not going to make this team. 
And if he does, he's not going to play. In fact, it was Collar who did a fairly lengthy piece at some point in time recently on the fact that the Kubiak offense traditionally does not rely at all on wide receiver three. It relies on two tight ends a lot. But if the Vikings are going to get somebody playing time at wide receiver three, I think it's who Courtney is is alluding to. It's a guy like BB. It's a guy like Taylor. The Treadwell thing just didn't work. And, and fortunately for them, other guys who were either signed as free agents, as I said, or drafted later did. So it's not as bad as it could have been. But this was just a swing and a miss, Rami. Can they cut him this year, this offseason? Uh, what are the salary so cap Courtney, implications? So Courtney wrote this back on, let me see here. She wrote a piece about this because she was clearly getting this question a lot at the time uh, before they restructured Kyle Rudolph about how they would create room, Rami. On June 4th, 2019, I will read you these two graphs, okay? All right. If the Vikings decide they want to cut Treadwell, it's a move that would create $654,770 in cap savings, no matter if he's cut today or at the end of August. Minnesota would be responsible for $1.4 million of proration signing bonus and the $1.2 million of the receiver's $1.8 million base salary that is guaranteed for 2019. Treadwell carries a $3.2 million cap hit, but if the Vikings decide to cut him, they would be paying $2.5 million in dead money, which would count against their cap for a player not on their roster. She goes on to write, it's better to keep someone on the roster who can produce something, anything, for just a little bit longer than than to incur a cap hit of that size for a player who is searching for a job at home. So the way she painted this on uh, June 3rd, which is probably dead-on accurate, is... It doesn't make sense to cut him. Like, you're best, just take the chance. But I still see this as a formality of they didn't pick up the fifth-year option because he's been a bust so far. And, Rami, we've seen nothing to indicate that that's going to change. No. Like, there's nothing no, at all. There's no brief glimpse of, yeah, but, you know, yeah, but he had a great spring. And it, it yeah, would, but he had a great last three games last season. It's hard to really impress. In, in OTAs and, and involuntary training camp and, and all the things that they do in the offseason. But for, for multiple people to be saying that not only did you not impress, but you kind of disappointed in, in, in something as meaningless and as, as run through as these offseason activities are, you got to look pretty bad. And you would think that this would be a guy who had some urgency coming into this season with the last year of a contract and with people talking about him possibly not even making the team. I think this is one one of those, Rami, where it is just too late. I don't think this is about him because, as she alluded to in what I think you just read, last year in the spring, people were like, oh, he looks better. He looks pretty good. Right. But, you know, sometimes you just get to a point where you throw up your hands and say, it doesn't matter. I think we're there with Laquan Treadwell. The only thing that makes it hard is the other guys who you have to choose from. I don't think anybody really pops off the page at you when you're reading your other options for oh, third wide receiver for the Vikings. They don't. The important thing, though, is if Kubiak's offense remains true to what it's been in the past, you don't really you don't need it. Utilize the third wide right. receiver. So that if part. BB's good or bad, if he's good, it's great, and if he's okay and not great. That's fine too. If you if this was a team or an offensive scheme that relied on the third guy heavily, there could be big trouble here. 
but it's not. The other thing that you could look for if you do want to get find a third wide receiver and he's not here now is who might be cut from other teams, other veteran wide receivers who might not make their, their roster. So I'm currently, as we're talking right now, scouring this list of veterans who might not make it through their team's respective camp. Terrell Pop. Terrell Pryor with the Jaguars and the interest in Terrell Pryor is. We talked about that with Collar and uh, Cronin a few weeks ago. Not really. Um, Tavon Austin from the Cowboys. They're saying he's at risk of not making. He came out as a big time prospect and has disappointed. I I just think, I think this list just goes through a litany of guys who have disappointed. Right. Um, Keep going. Torrey Smith from the Panthers. Cam- I have to look up his stats even. Cameron Meredith from the Saints, who had a big pop-up year for the Bears, and then they decided not to tender him a contract last offseason, and he went to the Saints, and a lot of people thought he would flourish in that system with Drew Brees, okay. and it just didn't work. Uh, Chad Williams from the Arizona Cardinals. <laughs> you just scraped from the bottom of the barrel. I'm just going through the list. Yeah. That's, those are all the wide receivers who they say are at risk of not making their roster right I now. think what you have to, if you are the Vikings and Kubiak, what you have to be confident of is Diggs and Thielen stay healthy and continue to produce, which they do. Rudolph is back now. Irv Smith. Irv Smith, to me, is the key guy here. Because you, you are going to use uh, two tight end packages probably quite a bit. The most important person is not Treadwell. It's not wh- whoever potentially gets the wide receiver three job. It's Irv Smith Jr. Irv Smith Jr., if he scuffles and struggles, which he might, but if, if he does, I think that becomes a problem. Because the way that this offense is going to function and the reason why this team uh, did not trade or release Kyle outright just to create cap space was done because this team needs two tight ends who are threats. And if Irv Smith does not prove to be a genuine threat, that I think is going to be a setback. I think with a, a, a rookie of any kind, but a rookie that young, his if he's ever going to be a threat, it, that should grow with, that will grow as the season goes along. He's not going to come out of the gates, you know, being Gronkowski or one of these guys. Kyle Rudolph is your number one tight end. And Irv Smith, you hope, can compliment him and allow you to run some two tight end sets. He can block. Can't he? Or, or am I missing? Am I, I don't know am how wrong well. on that? Okay. I don't know how well. And I thought that, I remember reading the scouting he probably report. Can block, he, was a, he probably can block, but, but the question is, how quick does he pick up the blocking schemes in this league? Right. That's the thing is that transition from, from college to pro, and I, I don't care what your college program was, that's a tough transition. And the schematics and the things that, that you have to do are pretty complex. But you're probably right. If Irv Smith develops, I'm not saying week one he's got to be great. Right. But I am, but I am insinuating or saying that by week eight or so, there's probably going to have to be a certain level of production that you can count on that if it's not there could become a problem. All right. So we'll see who the third wide receiver, receiver three, I if think. they need a third wide receiver, like you said, the third wide receiver might well, just end up being the tight end. The one thing to keep in mind too that, that Kirk showed us uh, in his first year here, and and I guess good for Kirk for trusting guys, but if you're on the field and you're supposed to get the ball, he's going he's to throw it to he's you. He's going to throw you the ball, and that's what he did w- with Treadwell. There were times when Colin and I would be like, "What are you doing, Kirk?" Well, but the play called for Laquan to get the ball, but he drops the ball. And it didn't matter. Kirk threw him the ball. So if you're out there, if you are wide receiver three, I mean, I and you're supposed to get fault. the ball, you're going to go. I don't fault Cousins for that. 
Well, but it just became, but with Laquan, okay, well then Fault, like if, Filippo. But like, anyway, Fault, Fault the person who put Laquan in the position to drop the ball. Jonathan is responsible for firing the commercial breaks, right? If, if, sometimes. If, th- right. Most of the time, Jonathan is the guy. If like three out of four times that I tried to throw to commercial break, it was just silence and dead air and it, and it didn't I've, fire. Am I just supposed to stop taking commercial breaks? No, you're it's a supposed really long to. segment. <laughs> no, no, but I'll tell you what you're supposed to do. This is a, this is a perfect question. Right? We've got the ability to fire the brakes from in here as well. We do. If Jonathan misses on, let's say, two or four times, we I'm going to be like, Jonathan, I'll do it myself. <laughs> and if Laqu- and and it's if a pretty the- simple system. I mean, the but it's a giant. But play no, it's a perfect. But it, it, it's a perfect <laughs> yeah. parallel. Oh yeah. If I'm Kirk Cousins and Laquan Treadwell has dropped the ball three times, do your job, Rami. And the play call comes in hot red sixty nine balls balls whoa, balls. Whoa whoa whoa. Guess what? I'm going to not throw the ball to Laquan Treadwell. Did you say hot red 69 balls, balls, balls? Balls, balls, balls! Yeah. Balls! Green 18! Yeah, I can play Green that game, too. Why just, not? Just because nice. I'm almost 50, I can play that game. You kids all love to play that game. I can play that game. It's very wanna, nicely done. Do you, you guys want to play that game? I'll play that game. <laughs> well played. But anyway, I'll fire the commercial breaks myself. Will you? If that's what it takes, if Jonathan is not good at his job, he is fortunately good, but Laquan oh, Treadwell thanks. wasn't. Like right now, you'll fire the commercial break I'm by yourself? It's kind of time for it. I could do it. Do you want to? Do it. Sure. You do know it. what? What? You know what? What? You're listening to the all-new Score North, Purple Daily, and I'm going to fire this commercial break. Purple Daily on Score North on 1500scorenorth.com and the Score North mobile app live from the TCL broadcast studios coming up at 4 o'clock if you're listening to this live on 1500 or streaming live at live.scorenorth.com. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami and a jam-packed show today, Judd Zolgad. Just you and me. Yep. But that's okay because oh, a lot to talk about. it is jam-packed. There's twins. To ta- oh, yeah. Great. And by the way, that game last night was so much fun to watch. <laughs> what a great pitching duel. Seriously. <laughs> you just happy you got home early. Oh, I love that game. <laughs> that game was great. But you know what? Beyond the twins, there's also... I. I'm looking forward to talking about the Twins game, and we also have some Byron Buxton news to get to during the show. But what I really am looking forward to is delving into your athletic endeavor today. It was uh, interesting. It was an interesting morning. It's going to make me feel good about... Sources say very interesting. It's going to make me feel good about being me, which I really enjoy. (laughs) Whenever I don't feel like the least talented person sitting in a studio athletically, I feel really good. Well, glad I could help, Judd. Glad I could help. That's just because I didn't participate and you did. So all that coming up at 4 o'clock. NFL.com, they had their division power rankings. Mm -hmm. So ranking the strongest division to the weakest division. And they have the NFC North as the best division in football, Judd. You buying that? Ooh, boy. Let me give you the rankings. Off the top of my head, my first response is no, but give me the rankings. I'll give you the rankings, and I'll quickly read off the teams just to jog your memory, because I have a tough time with that sometimes. AFC North, Ravens, Steelers, Browns, and Bengals. Yeah. Okay. NFC South, Saints, Falcons, Panthers, and Buccaneers. That would be my my inclination to declare that the toughest. NFC West, Rams, Seahawks, 49ers, and Cardinals. Actually, you know what? I take that back. That would be the <laughs> NFC West. It, it, in fact, my my so far from what you've given me, my rankings would go NFC West, NFC South, NFC North. This one here might be a sleeper. AFC South, Texans, Colts, Titans, and Jaguars. That could be a sleeper division. That 
before. Could be. You don't look at it now and say yeah, that's I the don't. best division in football? I know I don't. But I wouldn't be surprised if by the end of the season we're looking at that and saying that's okay. the best division in football. Well, fair enough, but I don't if, right now. If what the Jaguars did works, going and getting Nick Foles, making the changes they made to their coaching staff, which I know a lot of people around here don't believe in, but if, if it works, yeah, no, I don't think it works. Because we know the talent that the Jaguars have on the defensive side of the football. If yeah. Nick Foles is any sort of fix for the offense, I'm skeptical. And Texans, and I'm a big believer in the Colts. I'm a big believer. I like the, in the Colts. Colts. The Texans, though, the whole, whole GM thing was an odd story. Yeah, that's. Uh, but I do not. Rock. I am not buying Jacksonville to the point of I'm don't. I right now can't say that. All right, uh, AFC West: Chiefs, Chargers, Broncos, Raiders. Again, okay, that's sleeper. Yeah. Chiefs and Chargers are really good, yep. and we've talked about the Broncos and the Raiders on this show before, and I think those are two teams that might get better as the season goes on. I have on. a sneaky feeling, and it's a gut feeling, and my gut is ample, and I don't know why right now that the Chargers are going to take a step backwards. I And I don't... At some point in time, Rivers' age is going to start to catch up to him. I think they might have overachieved. I just have a weird feel. There's always a team... That you're like, they're still pretty good. And then they take a big step back, and I have a weird feeling that might be the Chargers. You don't know why your gut is ample? No, I don't know why I feel this way about the oh, Chargers. Okay. I know why my gut is ample. I drank too much beer for too long. All right. Uh, I've been trying to cut down. Seventh okay. strongest division, according to NFL.com, is the NFC East. Yeah. Cowboys, Eagles, Redskins, Giants. Never know what to make of this one. I'm always, I in, I'm always in flux about this division. I don't believe in three of them at least. Cowboys? Cowboys, Redskins, Giants. The only reason I believe in the Eagles is because they won a Super Bowl in recent history. I think the Giants and Jets are terrible, so I tend to agree with you. And then the AFC East, they have as the weakest division, Patriots, Dolphins, Bills, Jets. Well, that's been the case for how long? That's That was an easy one. That's been the weakest division for years. So are you sticking with, uh, you said it was the West, NFC, NFC West? NFC West, I go NFC West, NFC South as my top two. NFC South? Yes. Saints, Falcons, Panthers, and Bucks. Yep. Really? Yep. Not the Buccaneers, but I like I I like the Saints. I think the Falcons, they're weird, but I think they could bounce back. That division's always very weird, too. And the Panthers, I never know. I don't know every, how they have NFC West as fourth. Every time I think the um, Panthers are done and, and Ron Revere is finally, finally going to get fired, Rami, they have a really good season. Right. So, but if I was to rank those, see, the problem is in the North, Packers, I don't know. Bears, I think, go back. Vikings, again, I don't know. And the Lions, I know, I think, are bad. Too much. There's too much uh, lack of uh, stability there for me to make a accurate prediction to say they're that's I don't strong. know. I'm not buying what people are seeing in the AFC North. And like I said, I don't know how you have the West fourth. For Judd Zulgan. So it's just flawed. Jonathan Harrison, Rami Makhlouf saying thanks for listening to Purple Daily. Two o'clock, Vikings and NFL talk every day right here on Score North. This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton bike, Bike Plus, or Tread. And take your workout to the next level with accessories like non-slip grip dumbbells, a heart rate monitor, cycling shoes, and more. Peloton, motivation that moves you. This limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access membership separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com. Some people celebrate the holidays, but you, you dominate the holidays. You deck the halls, the mantle, and anything else that will stand still. You deserve a bold, cold brew that's as festive as you. 
topped with creamy cookie butter cold foam, covered in cookie butter crumbles, and perfectly pairable with our new cookie butter donut, Dunkin's Cookie Butter Cold Brew is a delicious match for your decked-out domination. America runs on Dunkin'. Present participation may vary. Limited time offer. Terms apply.